Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you And then everyone else will believe you too And if it looks like you're the only believer around Just keep on believing, don't put yourself down Just believe Our guest this week grew up in Seat Pleasant, Maryland and was a student athlete that played basketball for the University of Maryland. Drafted by the Chicago Bulls, he played in the NBA from 1986 to 1989. In 1987, he helped the Los Angeles Lakers win an NBA championship. From 2004 to 2007, he was a TV color analyst for the NBA's Charlotte Bobcats, and since 2007, he's been a college basketball analyst for ESPN. His name, Adrian Branch. And I'm Jack Crisula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. I'm Jack Crisula, this is Anything is Possible, and we're talking to Adrian Branch. Since 2007, he's been a college basketball analyst, and a very good one for ESPN. Adrian, welcome, an honor to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, Jack. I appreciate it. Can we start by talking about your childhood and your mom and your dad, please? Yeah, Seat Pleasant, Maryland is right across the D.C. line uh, from the nation's capital. So if you looked at Washington, D.C., it's designed like a baseball diamond. And Seat Pleasant, which is now on the map for Kevin Durant, is the equivalent of stepping right across first base. And we're right connected to Northeast. My mom and dad, uh, backyards touched each other in Washington, D.C., Northeast. My mom is the fourth oldest of 11, and my dad is the oldest of five. So I've got over 35, 40 first cousins. There's a whole rack of us <laughs> in the D.C. area. And, and so everything home, everything Washington, D.C., everything in high school and college, it's because of my beloved DMV. What's the biggest thing, Adrian, you learned from mom, and what's the biggest thing you learned from dad? Oh, heck, hey, man, ain't nobody perfect. They were hardworking people. They were flawed people, but they were hardworking. So if you want something, go out and earn it. Um, and so I saw my mother work hard as a nurse. I saw my dad work hard as a cartographer uh, for made charts for airline pilots. He was a government man, and he was a highly successful uh, big boss in the government, and that's what how the, uh, a dad in D.C. Uh, it's an amazing story. My my grandmother had him as a young woman, and uh, you know he he learned like he he said from grandma, and I knew all my relatives uh, that he learned to work hard and be afraid because he didn't have a male figure. His dad, Skinny Branch, was a, a great carpenter, but he was an alcoholic, and he had another family on the side. Or my dad and and his mom were the family on the side. <laughs> so, uh, where did you get your love for basketball? Following my uh, this farmers, uh, all of us are tall. My dad is six six. Rest in peace, Big Charlie, Charles Branch. Uh, he was tall. He came out of Spingarn High School the same time with Elgin Baylor. Um, and so, my dad was a football player, a six foot six wide receiver. Uh, and he can get run a hundred and about ten four ten five. He was really fast. Um, and so uh, my 
two older brothers. There's four of us. I'm the third oldest. My brother Tom and my brother Phil had scholarships to Old Dominion University and uh, Shepherdstown, West Virginia, uh, Division II school. And my youngest brother, Al, didn't play. So it's four of us in five years, from 1960 to 1965. Uh, to answer that question directly, Jack, I just did exactly what my brothers did. They played football, I played football. Baseball, I played baseball. I just wanted to do everything my two older brothers did. All right. God sent you to a man named Morgan Wooten, the phenomenally Hall of Fame high school basketball coach from Demathia Catholic High School. Talk to us about Morgan Wooten. Yeah, fundamental. When you think of Morgan Wooten, think about Red Arbach, think about Dean Smith, and think about the Wizard of Westwood, John Wooden. He loved, loved, loved those guys. And he was big on fundamentals, and he had four things that he'd talk about, priorities. God first, family second, school third, basketball fourth. And then he'd have a saying, inch by inch, life's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's really hard. <laughs> so he was he was very, very fundamental, uh, a great teacher, a molder of men, an uh, influencer. He had people like uh, names you would know on the national circuit, James Brown, the CBS anchor for football. Uh, he had Derek Wittenberg and Sidney Lowe, who were the point guards at um, NC State when they beat uh, with Jimmy Valvano. Uh, and so he had a litany of players, Hawkeye Whitney, Danny Ferry, uh, Adrian Dantley, who's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. So the list goes on and on, but he fed us the same diet. Priorities, God's first, family second, school third, and basketball fourth. And inch by inch, life's a cinch, yard by yard, it's really hard. He won 1,274 games, and he lost only 192 Unbelievable. All right. Yeah, 80% win percentage. Absolutely, yes. All right, speaking of unbelievable, you're in the 1981 McDonald's All-American game, and you're playing against a guy named Michael Jordan. What happened? You kicked his butt. <laughs> That's what happened, in short. Hey, man, <laughs> uh, we were going into it. We were insulted. They were saying that this guy, Michael Jordan, was going to be the next David Thompson. And we were like, whoa, whoa, that's sacrilegious. Who do they think this guy is? Now, of course, Michael became Michael, and, and he is, as they say, one of one. He's so unique. But at the time, man, Mike had no mental advantage. And it's like, man, we're going to show this punk who, who can do what. So he scored 30 points in the McDonald's East-West All-American All game. I scored 24 points, and I got the MVP trophy. Now, Michael scored about 10 of his points in the all-star way, basket hanging. He just had half court. We do all the work and throw it out to him, and he get a layup or a dunk. I got all of mine in traffic and had to uh, wheel and deal. And John Wooden and Sonny Hill, I know you remember that name. Oh, yes. Sonny Hill voted for me. Morgan Wooten was on, on uh, the three of them. He st stood off of that vote. And... Uh, the Wizard of Westwood said, Adrian Branch is the only one I'd come cross-country to recruit that day. Now, of course, Michael became Michael, and he wasn't going to be denied. But let me say this real quick, Jack. It's a two-second story. I was motivated because uh, back then you could only play in two All-Star games. 
you can uh, so we had the Capital Classic, which was the legend, which was the birth child of the East West High School All American Game, and you know guys weren't going pros uh, as they do so frequently at the rate. And I had the mindset going into this game that was played in D.C. Uh, two weeks earlier. I'm going to pass it around. Uh, I'm just going to uh, be an assist man in this game. Well, I looked up, Jack. I got four years to play in front of my family and my friends. I looked up at the end of the game. I had six points and six rebounds. I was ticked. I was like, what? I ain't no assist man. I shoot the ball. So, man, I played like a punk in that first game. So that second game, Two weeks later, I said, man, I'm going to show these dudes how I can play. And so we have four Hall of Famers in that game. Chris Mullen played in that game. Michael Jordan played in that game. Uh, Patrick Ewan uh, was not allowed to play in that game. And gee whiz, there was one more All Hall of Famer. So there was three or four Hall of Famers in that game. And Uncle A had to go to work on that day, baby. So we're talking to Adrian Branch, and I'm Jack Crisula. And this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Crisula. We're with Adrian Branch. And then after high school, God sent you to another pretty good coach, Lefty Dreisel who went to the Naismith Hall of Fame in 2018. He was coaching Maryland. Talk about Lefty Drizel. A coach was like a junkyard dog. He would be the equivalent of a, a John Thompson, a Nolan Richardson. He wasn't cute and cuddly, man. He was going to get up in you, and he was going to coach you hard. And he had, he had the mindset, play mad, play mad. Talk like, play like somebody talked about your mama. And so... Uh, he, we had the mindset of Maryland, if we weren't going to win the game, we were going to win the fight. <laughs> so that's, that's who Lefty was. But, you know, I was privileged to uh, uh, play on some fascinating teams. We had a guy, uh, Lynn Bias, who was my neighbor uh, and also my teammate for three years. We were called the Killer Bees, Branch and Bias. Uh, and in our time, we won the ACC championship, which was a big deal. Uh, that was the first time in 39 years. And my last three years, we were always Sweet 16, nationally ranked. Uh, but I tell you again, Jack, we were we were ticked. We beat Coach K and Johnny Dawkins and Jay Billis in the ACC championship, but we didn't want them. We wanted Michael Jordan, Kenny the Jet Smith, my man, Big Brad Darty, and Big Sam Perkins. We wanted them badly, but they lost uh, to Duke the day earlier and so man it was we were excited but it was anticlimactic because michael was becoming michael lynn bias was becoming lynn bias and we wanted to show him we were the baddest dudes on the block what's the biggest thing you learned from lefty drizel uh I, I think toughness uh he had he had a to me lefty was like this they say the saying you know what at 16 I can't believe how stupid my parents are. At 21, I can't believe how smart they've gotten. <laughs> it, and so all of a sudden, it's not so much the coach or the adult or the leader's perspective. It's your perspective as you mature and change. 
because my mindset is being a knucklehead and those Maryland years, coach would always say, son, that's fool's gold. Son, the way you thinking is fool's gold. And so all of a sudden, as a, as a rebellious little knucklehead, man, I can't believe how stupid my coaches and leaders are. But as a full-grown adult, I can't believe how smart they've gotten. All right, you mentioned Len Bias. He was 6'8", 210 pounds, first-team All-American. He's the second overall pick in the 86 draft by the Boston Celtics. A couple days later, he's dead. What happened? Yeah, you know, still one of the biggest mysteries in my life. Uh, June 19th, 1986, I get the call at 8.51 in the morning. So I'll never forget that day. It's like they say, where were you when Kennedy passed? Uh, where were you when the first man on the uh, when the first American was on the moon? So it was such a profound moment. I will say that I believe Lenny got himself into something that he couldn't get himself out of. Uh, he was a great guy. Uh, let the wrong people get too close to him. Um, and sometimes you don't get a chance for the second chance. Um, and so that's what I can just say on that one, Jack. It's like, man, you just, uh, geez, a lot of times there's people got caught and I didn't or – I got caught and still had the grace and was able to see another day. But, man, it, it, nobody wins on that one. It's just life lessons. What can you learn? What can you learn? Uh, hang around the right people. Uh, don't let the wrong influences get too close to you. And sometimes you don't get an opportunity for the second chance. You were drafted in that 86 NBA draft. You played from 86 to 1990 for the Lakers, New Jersey, Portland, Minnesota, and in 1987, you were part of, some say, the greatest NBA team of all time, the world champion Lakers. Um, let's talk about some of those Lakers first, okay? They had a guy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Please. Yeah, the captain was, was phenomenal. Uh, he had tree trunk legs. Uh, he had great endurance, and the amazing part in the locker room, uh, now this is the year he turned 40, so I'm 22 years old, uh, and I'm a rookie, and I'm learning everything, uh, just observing how they were professional, how they had a routine, how they had a mindset uh, to turn it on when it was business out on the court, and they were great practice players as well. Magic, Kareem, Kurt Rambis, James Worthy. Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, they were great practice players, efficient players. It's amazing, Kareem would, in the, in the locker room, before the game, he'd get out a big, huge 1,000-page volume book and read. And then Pat Riley would come in, and then you, you, the game's at 7.30, you meet at 7 o'clock, and he'd say, okay, let's go, man. Kareem would just have on his, his shirt. <laughs> He'd have on his socks, uh, his shorts, and his shoes, his low-cut Adidas, would be on the side. So he's just lounging, comfortable, seven-foot-two, gracious, uh, just reading his book. He'd do three kind of yoga stretches 
and go out there and be great for 20 years. I've never seen anything like that. LeBron James now is making a case of being so unique. But Kareem was intelligent. He was competitive. It was a check mark on everything you're looking for for a high-level champion. And he, he uh, arguably is my greatest player of all time. People say Magic. I mean, Magic, which is not crazy. Michael Jordan, that's not crazy. LeBron's making a case. They're, they all drink from the same water fountain of excellence, Jack. All right. Irvin Magic Johnson from Lansing, Michigan. Please. Very, very unique. 6'9", uh, had the ball on a string. Same way, very, very competitive, very intelligent, um, had a great endurance, had a great endurance for pain. After the games, he'd have eight or nine ice bags, one on his heels, or two on his heels, two on his knees, one on his shoulder, one on his back. So he endured. Excellence comes at a cost. And he paid the price physically with that. But again, I'll go back to this. Before you really can, can, can compete with the best of the best, the Larry Birds, the Michael Jordans, the Magic, the Kareems, go down the line, uh, the Roger Federers, the Tiger Woods, uh, the Tom Brady's, before you can get in their space physically, you've got to come up to their level mentally and emotionally because their EQ is just as great, if not greater, than their IQ and their physical abilities. James Worthy. Big game James, six foot nine. The best story I can tell you, Jack, was in a preseason game. We were in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we're playing a preseason game, I think, against New Jersey. James is six nine, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, just a rock. And I'm six seven and a half, six eight with shoes on. So I'm six foot seven and a half. 185 pounds. I'm running at the top of my speed, and I can get down the line pretty good. I, 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 I was athletic. I could get down the line, but one of the most fascinating things I've ever experienced in my life is I'm running as fast as I can. James slows down, pushes me in the back, and says, scratcher, scratcher, go over, go over, meaning that the wings – you know, one wing would run the left side of the court. The other wing would run the right side of the court. Well, I got in his running lane on the left side of the court, the small forward, him and Byron Scott, athletes. I couldn't go any faster. If I went any faster, I would blow both hamstrings and then the Achilles, and he had to slow down to push me in the back to speed up. And I thought, man, that was a phenomenal athlete. The same way, intelligent, competitive, and just had the clutch gene about it. We're talking Adrian Branch about the 1987 L.A. Lakers. They won the NBA championship. Some say the greatest team ever. When we come back, we're going to talk about the coach, Mr. Armani. And I'm Jack Pursua. And this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Crisula, with Adrian Branch. 
It was showtime out there with Jack Nicholson, etc., Diane Cannon, but Pat Riley was the coach. He won five NBA championships, four with the Lakers during the showtime, and then one with the Heat in 2006. He wore those Armani suits. He had that hair. Tell us about Pat Riley. Yeah, and, and the jaw, the strong jaws, and the shoulders to complement it. Uh, he was uh, he was tough, man. He had he had uh, skill and will, and he was legit. He was from Schenectady, New York, so his dad was a coach, and he had the look of a Ferrari, but he had the motor and inner workings of a Ford station wagon. So he appealed as a natural leader to the great. Magic and Kareem, and he appealed to them to play for something greater than themselves. What are you going to tell a guy that at the time Kareem scored more points than seven NBA teams? Uh, he's already the greatest in the history of the game at the time, him and Bill Russell and, and Wilt Chamberlain. Magic was the MVP that year. Uh, what's his name? James Worthy was uh, all-star. Michael Cooper was defensive player of the year. What are you going to really appeal to these guys? And he appealed to them for legacy, leave a legacy, finish strong. And so every day was about excellence. Everything, every day was about not competing against the opposition, but competing against yourself. And he was just a fabulous leader, a coach, a, a dynamic human, human being, Jack. All right. You had a general manager up there by the name of Jerry West. Um, tell us about Mr. West. Same way. Uh, he was one of the few that could really be a great, great basketball player and then transition to be a great GM and leader. And a lot of times in leadership, the best leaders are the servant leaders. When you have a selfless attitude, when it's not about you, it's not about what you can get, but what you can gain. He had a keen eye for talent. He was as tough as nails. He's from West Virginia. Pat Riley is really from the mountains of uh, Schenectady, New York. And they were really tough. They were, they were East Coast going to the West Coast with that Woody Hayes three yards in a cloud of dust mentality. They were tough. But when you have people that can recognize skill and will, when they can recognize when to hug and when to bug and be consistent with the messaging, that's when the magic happens, in my opinion. All right, speaking of magic, it was showtime out there. Tell us one or two stories about showtime. Uh, it was a perfect storm because he was a great leader. He was flashy. Uh, but again, the same way. Everybody out there, he looks like a Lamborghini. Pat Riley looks like a Lamborghini. Jerry West is a Lamborghini. But at the end of the day, these dudes were tough as nails. And one thing about Magic, Magic was a, uh, a perfectionist. So if there was a missed shot, he'd say, no, 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 let's do it again. And he'd run the play back and tell it was the right pass, it was the right bounce pass, or it was the right uh, chest pass into, to Kareem for the sky hook. Talking about the standard of excellence, we're staying at the uh, five-star hotels. And back then, Jack, this 1987, you know, a gallon of gas ain't but 75 cents or so. <laughs> McDonald's, they wanted you, they stay in five-star hotels, and they want you to eat the best foods. Well, man, I ain't doing that. 
I'm going to McDonald's and saving my per diem. So I'm getting me a $5, a $3 cheap Happy Meal, and I'm saving that $50 a day per diem. Well, one time we're on a crowded uh, elevator. Everybody's on. We're all joking. They used to call me Scratcher because I was uh, from the East Coast saying, ah, this Scratcher can't play. And Scratcher was another word for scrub. So I was like, ah, man, this Scratcher can't play. So they called me Scratcher. So we're on there, and I'm being a rookie, and I'm laughing. And I throw my balled-up McDonald's Happy Meal trash at Michael Cooper as he's getting off the uh, elevator. I'm like, oh, go ahead, Coop, and threw my trash. Magic didn't embarrass me in front of everybody, but he waited for everybody to leave. He said, hey, Scratcher, in a, a low, serious tone, he said, hey, Scratcher, you know what? Man, Rouse wouldn't appreciate that. We're the Lakers. Why don't you go back down to the third floor and pick up your trash? And I said, you know what, Match? That's a great idea. Why don't I go back to the third floor and pick up my trash? Because we're the Lakers. <laughs> Once a Laker, always a Laker. So, all right. You played in the NBA from 86 to 89. And then from 1990 to 96, six years, you played in Spain, France, Australia, Israel, Turkey, and the Philippines. Talk about that chapter of your life, Adrian. It was a wonderful time. Uh still got a chance to play for pay. Uh, I played 11 years of professional basketball, just like you mentioned, Jack. Israel, Spain, Turkey, France, Australia, Thailand, Philippines, Dominican Republic. I played 11 years, but I tell folks 10 years because by my 11th year, I was so broke up, man. I'd play one game and have to miss three games because the wheels were just coming off with my knees and my back. But in 93 especially, it became a special time for me because I invited Jesus Christ into my heart. Uh, people would call it born again. So I invited Christ into my heart. Uh, my daughter Kyla was born that year in Australia. And that was the beginning of me becoming a motivational speaker. And what I would ultimately uh, be privileged to do is uh, work in the ministry with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Young Life, Youth for Christ, YWAM, and people that lift up the name of Jesus. So it was a profound time, uh, and I'm so thankful that I was able to just the last few years of my career play for something greater than myself, which was the Lord Jesus. And I'll go back and say, think about this. The game of basketball, the, the great Shaquille O'Neal one time told David Robinson, hey, Dave, you stick to reading your Bible, and I'll stick to slam dunk. And it's like, oh, 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 Shaq, oh, big fella, big fella. Wait a minute. It was a preacher called Dr. James Naismith that invented the game of basketball way back in the 1890s for two reasons. To bring the athletes indoors from the national pastimes of football and baseball to keep them warm and in shape. And the second reason was for a message of hope, the hope of Christ, the hope of glory. And so when we see now the NBA is a multi-billion dollar industry. Hey, Jack, folks can thank a preacher. If there's a young listener tonight that says, hey, everything's going great for me. I know God is out there. When I need him, I'll reach out to him. Adrian, what would you tell that young person? Well, so far so good, but that's like a man jumping out of a hundred-story window with no parachute. And he said, hey, so far so good. 
I hadn't crashed. <laughs> I hadn't hit the ground with a thump. Eventually, there will be times when we'll need something that's greater than ourselves, greater than our looks, greater than our money, greater than our jump shot, greater than what we ourselves can do. It's like building your house on the sand. And even the Bible says there were two people. One built his house on the rock, another on the sand. And when the storms came and the storms of life will come, the one who built his house on the sand, on the deck of cards, on vanity, on their money, it fell with a great crash. So that is a legitimate question, Jack. And hopefully you never know if you get that second chance. My teammate, Lynn Bias, I'm sure if he knew that was the last day of his life, he would have made a different decision. So you never know when that last day or that big challenge may come to you. We're talking Adrian Branch. He's spoken to over 3 million people. When we come back, we're going to ask him about some of his main topics, etc. And I'm Jack Rasool, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. 15 of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Adrian Branch. He's now spoken to over 3 million people. I quote you, Adrian. You're not born a winner. You're not born a loser. You're born a chooser. Please. Yeah, it comes down to lifelong. It's it's lifelong learning and lifelong choices. And, uh, Jack, I've been privileged to speak. So like you said, 3 million people, that's in a live setting. That's not even with being online and, you know, to speaking to millions uh, in different uh, genres with that. But uh, it comes down to the same thing. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you can. It's not about the X's and the O's and the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And it actually starts with me. It starts with me uh, dying to the junk in my trunk. There's a lot of times I don't feel like being a follower of Jesus. I don't feel like being a Christian. I feel like smacking the hell out of somebody. <laughs> What's that going to get you, man? And so, you know what? You got to practice what you preach. Uh, I do take it seriously, the privilege of encouraging young people, encouraging communities. And I have a burning, burning passion for this. This is my burning passion, Jack. I was, I was considered a can't-miss basketball player. Morgan Wooten said, hey, uh, Adrian Branch has unlimited potential. 
And I remember coming home in the ninth grade saying, Dad, Dad, Morgan didn't talk about me as being a rebounder or having a jump shot or being able to dunk a basketball. He just said I had unlimited potential. And my dad said, boy, what's the matter with you? He says, man, that means the sky is the limit. Well, for me, through narcissism, through attitude, through being young, I missed that opportunity to be the absolute best that I can be. So now as an adult, now as a 59-year-old, Lord willing, in December being 60-year-old, I'm so passionate now, Jack, to encourage people to say, hey, are you fanning your gift into a flame? Carpe diem. Uh, seize the day. Pull it all out. Be fully present. Bloom where you're planted. And for those that name the name of Jesus, do it for the glory of God. All right, another quote. A bad attitude and lack of gratitude will slow your altitude and stump your aptitude. Please. Yeah, and, and try to say that real fast. Bad attitude, lack of <laughs> gratitude, will slow your altitude and stump your aptitude. That is so true. A attitude is everything, Jack. You, uh, a, a bad attitude, not giving thanks, not recognizing people who can help you, uh, being about yourself, soaking up all the oxygen in the room. That's no fun. You know, there's a saying, what's it for a man to gain the whole world but lose your soul? And so it's no fun to be me, me, me. Let's give a practical example. LeBron James just broke my teammate Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's historic record, uh, one that they thought would not be breakable. It was phenomenal. And he was a pass-first kind of a guy. And so he's the all-time leading scorer with a we-first, not me-first. 1963 on the same topic. A guy, I believe, sir, Jack Whitaker, if I'm, I'm not mistaken on the name, was the first American to climb Mount Everest the year I was born. At 80 years old, they asked the great statesman, was that your greatest achievement, being the first American to go up Mount Everest? And he said, no, taking 24 others up the mountain with me was my greatest achievement. It's not me, it's about we. And with that attitude and lack of gratitude, when you can have something that's greater than yourself, when you can live for something greater than yourself, when you can be the change you want to see, when you can have the right attitude, it's not a crime if you fall down, it's a crime if you stay down. I'm going to say this one real fast too, Jack. If you have a bad day, don't have a bad week. You have a bad week, don't have a bad month. You have a bad month, don't have a bad year. You have a bad year, don't have a bad decade. You have a bad decade, don't have a bad lifetime. If you have a bad lifetime, don't have a bad eternity. Man, get yourself back up because this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be, be glad, glad in it. In it. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, talk to us about getting to the top versus staying at the top. Whoa. Go back to the attitude right there. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, I'll say this one. Getting to the top is, is a heck of a thing. Staying to the top takes character and commitment. And I remember my ninth grade year, we were pretty good at DeMatha. My coach, Perry Clark, uh, who went on to be a fabulous college uh, coach and now is uh, a coach, uh, ESPN analyst, he told a story, and I thought it was a stupid story. This is about staying on top. I think this could be re relevant. 
Uh, he told the characteristics of a champ, you know, C-H-A-M-P. I'm 14 years old. We went on to be 24-0 at the DeMatha freshman team. My brother Tom, my oldest brother, went on to be 28-0 with Wittenberg and Lowe, and they were national champions. And my brother was the best player on that team. So he knew we were going to be a pretty good team. But in the middle of the season, we were 12-0, and and he told us a story. So I'm in the back in the locker room, and I'm thinking, man, the classroom, and I'm thinking, man, this is a stupid story. Jack, nobody wants to hear this. He's had the characteristics of a champ. C stands for courage. You want to be a champ, you got to have courage. The H stands for heart. You want to be a champ, you got to have some heart, which means you got to have enthusiasm, a passion, a zeal, a zest. The A stands for what we, you and I just talked about, attitude. The M stands for motivation. you got to have a goal, an objective. Point your compass, point it north. And the P is for perseverance. You uh, fall down, never stay down. Uh, you fall down, never quit. So I'm thinking this is a stupid story. Man, where are we going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got my attention, Jack, when he said the difference between a champ C-H-A-M-P and a chump is you. Adrian Branch, you've gone from being an All-American basketball player to an All-American man. Please keep up the great, great work. Thank you, Jack. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Rasula. Thanks for listening and make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spawn. Believe in yourself.